Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Good morning. Good morning. President's Day. It is indeed President's Day, yes. So we have children at home. We got a lot of kids at home. We got the dog at home. It'll be fun. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yep. And so you might hear some background noise, but you might not. So uh, let's just really quickly, we're in a little bit of a time crunch today too, because we got lots of stuff going on since there's no school. Right. So we're going to quickly recap. Let's see, you were at the pastor's conference. Yeah. So last week, you know, we recorded the podcast, then I jumped in the car and headed out uh, to the annual North American Lutheran Church Pastors Conference. In Orlando. In Orlando, Florida. Yeah, it was great. This is probably the best conference they've had, at least in the last couple of years. Ooh, good. Uh, the mornings were theological lectures, talking about apologetics, and mm-hmm. explaining and defending the faith. Uh, and then the afternoons was kind of free time. And then mm-hmm. in the evenings, they'd have uh, worship services. And I hosted a prayer vigil from 9 to 12, which nice. I'd say was a success. We had about 12 different pastors involved in that. So. Okay. So this is a very good conference, and I, you know, want to thank the people at St. John for making it possible for me. Yeah, and we should also say our North American Lutheran Church, um, which is the more conservative Lutheran body in in North America, um, we are gaining a lot of different parishes because of yeah. the craziness in the uh, ELCA, which is yes. the more liberal. Yeah, we, we definitely are, and so there's kind of a there's a first wave. You know, when the ELCA made their notorious vote back in 2009, there was mm-hmm. a first wave of us that came over. And now there's a second big wave coming up. I think he said we've got something like 50 or 60 uh, congregations that they're in discussions with. We're currently at 460 churches. We'll probably be at over 500 by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of things are happening. We're yeah. experiencing some growth as a culture continues to shift and people right. wake up to realize that their church no longer represents what they believe. Right. And I will say, just as an example of that, I just heard about this last week. Just so you know, we're, we're not like being crazy. This is really far left stuff that's happening in like ELCA churches. There's a church yeah. in um, Arkansas. I haven't heard of it. Which this, this is Arkansas. Right. Yeah, I told you about it. Um, this oh, right, church yeah. that this Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arkansas, who is literally hosting a, it's called a transition closet. So they provide um, not only clothing for children who want to dress as a different gender, but also they provide these things called what did I call them? Breast binding. Breast yeah. binders. So for girls who want to look like a boy, they are providing these binding things yeah. um, so that they can do this without their parents knowing. So they come to, they go there, they change, and then they go to school. Um, so basically that's, you know, separating families. It's yeah. a horrible situation, but I just wanted to lift that up just to, you know, we're not, this stuff actually happens. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you know, what, what a This is why the NALC is uh, growing. You know, what a ridiculous outreach strategy. You exactly. Know? I mean, it's just insane. But It's damaging to families. It's damaging uh, to children. It's, yeah. Yeah, but that's what happened. And the ELCA made headlines a couple months ago. Uh, they ordained the first openly transgender bishop in the history of there the world. Go. It's like, well, okay. way to go, guys. Okay. Well, so anyways, just so you know, we are trying to keep it real here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But we're still on Acts. We're in Acts still Acts and we're chapter on chapter five. five. We're just yeah. kind of going chapter by chapter. It seems to work. I yeah. don't know. That wasn't the, we didn't know what the strategy was going to be, but this is a great chapter. We're going to skip the first part about mm-hmm. Ananias and Sapphira for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little 
It's a little tough to to sell. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it, it would it would be fun to kind of do a stewardship <laughs> series on Ananias and Sapphira. You know, if you don't know the story, they kind of hide the money they've earned on somewhat yeah, a land or something. And... Supposed to bring everything to the apostles' feet and then and then use it for the good of this church. They made some money and they brought less of that money and then said it was everything. So they right. lied basically. Right. Um, and they both just dropped dead on dropped the spot. Dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of an <clears throat> eye-opening stewardship series. Yes, it is. But that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to pick it up at like 17, yeah. where again, these the apostles are getting persecuted. Yeah, and so there's kind of the transition between the two is that, uh, you know, great miracles continue to happen. Uh, and I, as I heard a, a lecturer last week say, you know, first, uh, uh, first the church grew by 3,000 people, and then it grew by 5,000 people, and then Luke just stopped counting. And, oh, that's, wow. and awesome. that's kind of what we see here is in chapter mm-hmm. 5, he just says multitudes of yep. people. Cool. So multitudes of people are coming to faith in Christ as Peter and the other apostles heal in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Peter and the other apostles are teaching in the temple and they are arrested. Uh, so they're arrested by the temple police, not the Romans, but by the Jewish temple police. They're thrown into prison, uh, thrown into jail. But then overnight, an angel comes and releases them so that the next day they're out there again, still teaching in the temple. So before we get to mm-hmm. that, that's a lot right there. Yeah. Don't forget that they're, they, they were, why did they arrest them? They were... They were teaching the name of Jesus. Right, but right. it says the leaders were what? Jealous. Oh, right. Yes, right. it does say that, yeah. And this they were is kind filled of a, with jealousy. Yes, this is kind 17. of a modern application. This isn't yes. the way to deal with, you know, a fear of losing your power is throwing people in jail. But we see that even throughout our world today. Oh, yeah. never. It's, it's never a good idea. No, it's never good. So they were filled with jealousy, and mm-hmm. their solution to that is just to throw people in jail, their opposition. Right. Okay. So you can try to silence them, throw them right. in jail. Uh, but of course, God had other plans. Right. God sends an angel to release the apostles from prison. So the next day, they show up again in the temple. Again, they're preaching. Again, crowds are coming to them. Meanwhile, on the other side of the temple, <laughs> or other portion of the temple, the council's sitting there waiting to put the apostles on trial. Mm-hmm. So they go send the guards. The guards come back sheepishly and they say, um, <laughs> no one's in, no the, one's in jail, the jail. So. <laughs> and then about that time... Someone bursts into the chamber and says, you're not going to believe us, but those guys you arrested last night, they're out there mm-hmm. in the temple preaching. Still preaching, even um, asked to be silent, yes. So this time they go and they, they bring them, but it says without force because they were afraid of the crowd. Right. So they bring them without force, kind of escort them right. uh, into the presence of the Sanhedrin. And I think that's where you kind of wanted to slow down. Yeah, oh, I just wanted to also mention a modern example of this. Um, You know, we didn't hear too much in our news. For a long time, we were praying for those Haitian, well, they were missionaries to Haiti, um, they were like from the Christian aid ministries, I yeah. think it's called Christian aid missionaries. I'm sorry. And they were in Haiti. I believe they were Mennonites or something based on the yeah, pictures. It looks like, like they're, yeah. they're dressed as Mennonites, but anyways, they went to Haiti, um, and they were trying to preach Jesus and they get kidnapped, uh, because these, they wanted a ransom right. and they were held for two months. There was a, like a 10 month old among them and a three year old child. And then the rest of them were mainly in their 30s and 40s, 20s, 30s and 40s. Anyways, they feel led by God to break free, just like, you know, in this story where an angel opened the door for Paul. No, not Paul. I'm sorry. Who's in here? Uh, it's Peter. Peter, Peter and John. Mm-hmm. An angel opened the door here. They they were led to try and escape. And um, one article I read said that it, they hadn't really been in agreement up to this point about what they were going to do and how they were going to deal with the situation. But for whatever reason, that night they were all unified and they felt that that was surprising (laughs) as I'm sure, you know, it would be to get that many people to decide on a, on a dangerous path. Well, they decided to, there was a door that was not locked, but blocked. And so they decided in the night to free themselves from that way. And they made it 
couple of miles in, um, I guess, which is called gang territory and, you know, major brush with a small child, two small children wow. in tow. And they walk uh, a couple miles out and they are able to find someone who can phone for help. And later, even that day, they were escorted, they were coast guarded out. That's incredible. So it truly is. Uh, they, they attribute it all to a miracle of God. So it's pretty amazing. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And those kind of things do happen, right? Yeah, that's incredible. I guess so. That's a great story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. That was a few months ago. Yeah, because, we, of course, it's yeah. good news. So right. we're not going to hear much about that. Plus, they were very... Uh, open about their faith and that they felt that God had miraculously saved them. Wow. So that's not going to make headlines. No, that's an incredible story though. Okay. So let's pick it back up. So the, but the same thing happens here, Paul, uh, I keep saying Paul, Peter and mm -hmm. the others are miraculously freed from jail. And this isn't the only time we're going to get, there's another jail, no, there's a major a, jail. Yeah. Break. There's a later one. And so, yeah. uh, and so later on the, the, the persecutions ratchet up. Mm -hmm. Um, and after the apostle John is beheaded, uh, then King Herod throws Peter into prison. Right. Um, and Peter's let out by an angel. And then, okay. of course, Paul and Silas are let out by an angel. But those that's later on in the story. Too. Okay. Uh, and so in verse 29, you know, they're, they're summoned before the council again. And remember mm -hmm. last week they were told, no uncertain terms, okay, well, you know, we, we, we can't deny the fact that you're healing in the name of Jesus, but don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore, you know? Yeah. So, of course, they go on, they preach in the name of Jesus. Sure. And then they, they come in, in uh, verse 29, but Peter and the apostles said, we must obey God rather than men. And that's kind of the, the clear dividing line there. Yep. So we must obey God rather than men, that we have an obligation to the governing authorities. We have an obligation to submit to the governing authorities for the sake of Jesus. That's part of our, our Christian witness. But there comes a time where, you know, when, when the choice is between God and the governing authorities, yep. you have to obey the governing authorities. No. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's Monday morning. <laughs> you have to obey God. You're right? lucky I'm here. Yes, I'm always lucky okay. you're here. Yes. yes, you have to obey God when it goes against God. When the governing authorities go against God, go. then that's we right. make the choice to obey God. And so that's what, what Peter uh, says to them, that we must obey God rather than men. And uh, the council is outraged. Yeah. And they're just about ready to, it says, uh, verse 33, when the council heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But then a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up, gave orders to put them out, and makes a speech. Yeah. And Gamaliel is a real person. Uh, Gamaliel, is, well, of course he's a real person. Yeah. But, you know, Gamaliel, we, we, we find a witness to outside of the Bible. Mm -hmm. He was probably the most famous rabbi of that day. Um, and Gamaliel is Paul's teacher. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting exactly. thing. When you hear what Gamaliel says, and then you think about his star student, Paul, who takes the opposite approach in a couple of chapters here. Hmm. But, you know, Gamaliel says, we'll um, get there. men of Israel, take care of what you do to these men. Uh, because, you know, before this day, you know, other people have risen up and, and those revolts have failed. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he says, and so in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men, the apostles, let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. And you might even be found opposing God. Exactly. And so he counsels just kind of a strategic you know, uh, disengagement. Let's see what happens. Right. And it's, it calls him a voice of reason, reason voice which of he reason. completely yeah. is. And it also says he was honored by all. Yeah. And as I read that today, I was kind of thinking like, who, who would we have in our culture that we, that both sides would say is a voice of reason and honored by yeah. all. And I really couldn't come up with anybody. You yeah. Think? And I can't really think of anyone either. I mean, Billy Graham used to play that role, mm -hmm. you know, as the pastor to the presidents. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of anyone who would who would play that? Mm -hmm. And even outside the church, I mean, just someone that we, yeah. you know, we would say, "Oh, that person is very reasonable," and that person is honored by all. I think that's 
few and far between yeah, in yeah, the world. I think you're right. So he obviously rises up and he has great advice. I mean, that was good advice, oh, it was right? Great advice. It worked. Yeah, because don't... he's saying if they're if it's not of God, it's going to fail, and if it is of God, then you better watch out because yeah, you, you don't want to be in opposition to God. Right, right. And of course, for me, the irony is that his star student Paul apparently didn't listen to his teacher. Mm, a couple okay. of chapters later, is out there persecuting the Christians. You know. Oh, gotcha. In that yeah. way, yes. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I didn't know what you were saying there. Um, exactly. Well, I think um, another, you know, you were talking about when our government goes against God or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's always been God's, um, I guess, word to his people before they're going to come into a culture that's in opposition to him, which is pretty much every culture, right? right. So like even before they get into the promised land, you know, um, they get this, these words of Moses, you know, the most famous words for the Jews, the Shema and it uh -huh. falling. And basically the Shema just says, you know, hero is where the Lord, your God is one, right? That you will worship one God. Right. And then it goes on to say, you will love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. And so when we come into an opposing culture, we need to be set apart as worshiping one God. And mm -hmm. in our, in our time, that means like different idols, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they they had real they had child sacrifice and right. idols up on hills and other temples, but we have, you know, idols of money and power and right. sex and all these things. So that's the way we stand today in our witness is of one God is that we serve Him, right. even if that goes against something that the government is telling us to do. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was I. I uh... In, in, in our context here, our present context, you know, with, with vaccines. Now, of course, the vaccine mandates seem to be mm -hmm. um, expiring sure or are. going by the wayside. Even but, Israel. You know, a couple of year, a couple of months ago, here when this when this all this stuff was ramping up, I had a number of people ask me if I would write a, uh, a religious exemption letter, right. which I did. A number um, of people from all over the country. So yeah. obviously, their own pastors were yeah. maybe not doing this for them. Uh, and but you know, you have to be able to justify that. Hey, I don't like this, mm -hmm. but there actually has to be something. Yes. You know, no, this is against my religious convictions and here's why. Right. It's not just, I don't want to do it. But right. There's mm -hmm. got to have something. Right. Uh, and the one, one final point I wanted to make is so they, uh, so Gamaliel stands up and, you know, they, they say, all right, well, I guess this Gamaliel's right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love this little line here. Um, where'd it go? And when, uh, so they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus. I know, that, that, that's jumped out at me today too. Mine says flogged them. But like, so thanks. You were supposed to just let them go, but instead yeah, you well, still give a good beat them. Beating, right? yes. And then they let them go. But Ugh. the apostles left the presence of the council, council and every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease to preach and teach in the name of Jesus. Yes. And then, but you forgot one major line there. What's it says that? the apostles rejoice, rejoice over being counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the story of the rest of the book really yeah, is how exactly. their, their faith in Christ um, it, it's a great joy, but it also has severe consequences. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And the point I was trying to make is that uh, at this point, in Acts chapter 5, at this point, the Christian faith is still temple-centered. Okay. And so up until this point, there's been healing in the temple, there's been teaching in the temple, uh, they continue to teach in the temple day by day. So it's still centered on the temple, and the temple in Jerusalem. It's still very much a religious debate between the apostles and the Sanhedrin. Mm -hmm. You know, the political authorities haven't really gotten involved yet. It's still a matter of conscience. Uh, but then quickly from here, it begins to spiral and the religious convictions turn into uh, turn into political debates too. And so King Herod steps in. 
Okay. Um, and then later in the book, the Romans will kind of get dragged into this. Okay. Uh, so it's, but it, I find that interesting that mm-hmm. at this point, it's still very much a temple-centered religion. Okay, good. And I'm going to go see that. Yes, well, you what, will. What the ruins of that temple. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. Two weeks from today. That's I can't believe that. I Holy can't either. Cow. I'm so excited. Wow, two weeks of peanut butter jelly sandwiches. For I know, I was just thinking yeah. as I ran today about all the little lists I have to make for what the children have to do and you have to do, and it's oh, going to be interesting. do them with joy. You will be fine. With joy yeah. shall I do them. You will be fine. Yeah. If anybody sees my children out and about, strangely shoeless, shoeless or... <laughs> well, we don't have girls at home that need their hair done. That was the big thing. That like if I would thing. leave and the yeah. girls had to have their hair done, especially if it was like a gymnastics day or something, yeah. that's not going to happen. Oh boy, I remember there's a couple times where you'd go like on a you know, an overnight trip or something. Like yeah, that. I've never been gone for two and, weeks. Um, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when the kids were really young, you know, I'd, I'd, I would do really well, but I'd always forget something. In one case, mm-hmm. it was shoes on mm-hmm. one of the kids. Like, I think a kid went out with one shoe or something yes. like that. And that's, that was pretty standard for our yeah. children because they were definitely shoeless. Yeah, well. first. They didn't like shoes at all. But yep, you'll, you're going to do good. That'll be great. Yep. That'll be great. And you'll have a wonderful time seeing the Holy Land. Yes, but next Just week incredible. we'll be back. Next week we will be back before that. So we will talk to you then. We'll talk to you then.